listening to episode 272 of the Major Issues Podcast. In it, we're talking Castings 2 Storm, some more Kang rumors, but we're also celebrating Tony Stark slash Iron Man for his 60th anniversary. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now! Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every by comicbookclick.com, and as always, I am never, uh, well, there is a gentleman here, that's a bit older than my uh, co-host, but I do think it is the magnificent, the astonishing, the spectacular, and downright uncanny A-Rob the Marvel God. Just a bit older, a bit wiser. Happy belated birthday, brother. <laughs> I think I was wondering, like, wait, what's up with all the old jokes? Oh, yeah. My birthday did pass. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want to dox you and tell people exactly what day it, did, it was on. But <laughs> um, I'm glad you're with us, older, wiser. Uh, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling feel good. I'm feeling great. I'm, you know, I feel old, but not as old as our man we're talking about today, you know? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Because uh, A-Rob is celebrating a birthday home. Let's make it an entire birthday week. And he is not the only one celebrating an anniversary of sorts. Uh, he was created quite some time ago. But the man we'll be talking about today is celebrating his 60th anniversary. Oh, yeah. We'll be getting all into... Ooh. A deep conversation about our man Tony Stark, aka Iron Man. But un- before we do that, uh, we like to st- well, we like to touch base with our boy A Rob, the Marvel God, who likes to do his due diligence, search through the multiverse for speculation, rumors, castings, and all that under the sun. Ladies and gentlemen, grab your salt shakers. Because here is A-Rob the Marvel God with the news. Yo, yo, yo. Man, every week with the intro, I feel the love. I feel the speculation energy. I feel the news gathering. I just... <laughs> every have you, week, have every you been week, feeling but... the 50 uh, video essays people have been writing about Kang since this movie's been up? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone... Like, where's he going? What happened? What's he going to do next? Who's varying his witch? You yes. don't know. Yes. You don't know. <laughs> don't, don't, you don't know. What you, come on. You don't know. None of us could have called Infinity Y'all War, bro. Know. I don't think anybody could have called Infinity no. War. Facts. So yeah, it, no you facts. No facts like that. that yeah. yeah, Marvel's got some big plans. But, but we might know some speculation to some of those big plans. What did you dig up? I have some speculation today, man. Well, a lot of casting rumors, especially around the Fantastic Four Marvel's first family. If you guys didn't know, you know, our girl Dakota Johnson. Now, I know some of you might recognize the name. Some of you might, know that, might not know that name. But there's a movie attached to that name. Fifty Shades Great. Now, hold on, pause. Yes, whoa, yes. Whoa, I know you're like, whoa, hold on. Now, mind you. I think when you, when you think of Rob Patterson, I know I'm going a little bit left field with this. But think of Rob Patterson. What's the first movie that comes to everyone's mind? Twice. Before Batman. <laughs> yep. So, with that in mind, Dakota Johnson, who's known for the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise, 
who is also playing or headlining the Madam Web movie in Sony, is in talks to play Sue Storm the Invisible Woman. Is she uh, like trying to play both sides here? Because she's act she's gonna be right? what's her face, right? She's gonna be Madam Web or Yeah, she's one gonna of, be one Madam Web, like a modern the, the modern day version of her and playing Sue Storm. Like, you know, it's it's rumored, but it's a strong sense that it might happen. You know, you know, you've seen a couple of these actors out here collecting both checks from both companies. Yes. <laughs> or yes, just yes. two companies. <laughs> so, you know, hey, if she has the time. I believe she could do it. She was in a lot. Besides Fifty Shades of Grey, she was in a lot of other great movies. You know, um, a lot of them escaped my mind at the moment. But it's like you know, just like Ron Patterson, the man was a Sundance god. His movies yeah. slap. So I have I have a little bit of faith in her. I have a lot of faith in her. But what? what tell me your thoughts on her, yo. Like, what do you think about it? I think she's fine. But what I will say is, I I'm very excited by the rumor that they believe to um properly introduce slash um basically showcase the fantastic four that they want to start with sue i think she's the hardest character to nail to be honest and i think it's because in the 60s she was just the mom of the group <laughs> you know in the 60s True. she was the mom and then like and th- th- that's just what they de- that they they delegated those female characters to do lesser stuff and it was always they yeah. were put in the books so when the boys rough house they can go boys you know that that's that's their biggest <laughs> that was their biggest she was basically time. like johnny storms but like he was he was her his sister but she yeah. was like everyone's like mom and sister too like, that's what i'm saying point. yeah so yeah. um i think it took some pretty creative writers to put her to the forefront now i'm absolutely terrified by her because if she did want to kill you or anybody else the woman's got the power to she could put a, a force field in your brain give you a stroke <laughs> and the whole thing literally that's um, that's her favorite way to take out people literally in um dark ages where she where the you know the celestial meant the emp inside the earth and mm-hmm. yeah she she did that to one of apocalypse's horsemen and she like basically made quicksilver paraplegic using force fields like yeah oh my god no she is yeah no she gets vicious when she's mad when sue's mad oh no i also (laughs) vaguely remember at one point i'm possibly in the hickman run like she fosters a reunion like a a, a, a truce between like the atlanteans and somebody else down there like she is a woman of 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 renown they respect her but we, I don't think we've gotten that Sue yet in live action, in my opinion. Nothing against the Sues that we got. But I need a Sue that can put Reed in place. That can be like, all right, that's how I you... just read. No, but I mean, like, I think Reed is the hardest one to stand up to. Everyone tells Johnny what to do, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. everyone tells Johnny what to do. And, and, and Ben doesn't even really bother anybody. But Reed, you know, Sue at several points has to be able to put her foot down and not sound like the naggy wife, like in Breaking Bad, you know, where people turn on her because mm. she's not letting Reed open a gateway to the negative zone or whatever the hell. You know, <laughs> we should respect her They're as not- a character as much as him and, you know, and watch their relationship grow. And these these are going to be parents also, you know. Uh, the rumor True. is we're yeah. getting Valerian the parents Franklin. Franklin. And yeah. Billy, yep, 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 yep. Those are yeah. two candidates that can be great mutants, young Avengers, or just the future of Marvel. Yeah. So we're so we're not looking Definitely. at only a woman who can fit a skin tight blue suit, and we're not looking for a woman who can, uh, you know, who who 
can just go toe to toe with her male counterparts, but she's also got to be able to portray a mom. That's a, it, Sue Storm is an incredibly interesting character because of all that, and it's going to take a hell of an actress to do so. So I'm just down. Get me Sue. You know, I think we're we're uh, well overdue for some Sue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm thinking about Dakota Johnson can play strong female leads opposite of another strong, like, a, a male role. And I'm thinking about it, like, Sue Storm's relationships in the comics, the two, like, two kings literally want her, you know, Dr. Yeah. Doom and Golden <laughs> Amor. So yeah. it's like, yo, Reed, you need to stop, but pay attention to your girl, because... Namor and Wakanda forever. He was they had to CGI his bulge out for a reason, fam. That's just Bro, you know I so I so I so don't watch <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey that I thought Penn Bagley was the <laughs> was the was the, <laughs> the other lead in that. I had to look it up real quick. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm just getting, no one I'm getting knows my creepy the white. Name, but everyone knows the, the actress. <laughs> so that's why right. I started the whole thing with you know Rob Pattinson. You know, yeah, yeah, yes, get it out yes, there, yes. right there and there. <laughs> Jamie you know, Dornan is who plays him in the in the in Jamie Dornan. Yeah. What, what what else was he in? Because I'm like Jamie Dornan. Like that wasn't he wasn't in nothing uh, X Men related. I don't think it's like Jamie mm -hmm. Dornan. That name nope. sounds really familiar. Yeah, he's an Abercrombie and Fitch model. <laughs> <laughs> he so, was on really was forgettable on... actor. Wow. <laughs> he was on Once Upon a Time once. A couple times, I guess. Uh, okay. Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Free. <laughs> nope, there ain't nothing else. Yeah, ain't nothing else. Um. Oh my gosh, he was replaced by Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam was gonna be the the Fifty Shades of Grey lead. Oh wow! And he was like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> and then he did it. Now Charlie, that's another story. Bring Charlie into the MCU. Stop bullshitting too, by the way. Right, yeah, no, Charlie could play a couple. He could have been a good Wonder Man. Nothing against, uh, yeah, yeah, but like you know, his hands in yeah. face. He, he was yeah. a candidate, you know, running to be Doom at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, but uh, besides that rumor, or you know, it could be a possibility. I do know they are building the cast around Sue Storm, which will make the casting choices that much more interesting with all the read choices. That, I don't even know who's playing Ben Grimm, or you know, just all types of handsome actors we have to play. Johnny Storm between Zach Efron, Chris Prine, uh, old boy from uh, the Percy Jackson, um, you know, franchise. That's up yeah. in the air, but it seems like they're really just getting this zeroing, zeroing in on who's going to play Sue Storm. And, you know, like I said, she has to play opposite those really strong male roles and not look all meek and just, oh, is that what you don't know? She has to display force power, you know? Mm -hmm. This is the visibility force field. You can you can fuck somebody's day up with those things. A hundred hundred percent. Do you want to talk about the stretchy uh, elephant in the room? <laughs> the rumor the rumor is that uh, Krasinski will not be playing Reed moving forward, which has people upset. But i I always thought that I always thought, I thought that it was the multiverse of madness cameo was to like have their cake and eat it yeah. too. Like here, but yeah. shut up now. <laughs> Kind of, kind yeah, of. That, that was it. It, it seemed like, yeah, like, yeah, that, it seems like people are a little bit confused about that rumor. Yeah, because like, that that was the, for the fan service that we got John Grzynski in the MCU, but because of multiverse, it's, he's a variant. So, but, mm -hmm. you know, we still have the love and know he's, well, since Scarlet Witch killed him, but there's still another version of that John Grzynski fantastic for, you know, yeah. who didn't say Black Boat will erase you. He, he was just, did it. Yeah. Yeah. 
But, you know, I guess the stretchy elephant in the room, like, yeah, I, I'm kind of saddened. But at the same time, I'm glad it gives room for another young actor to just stay in that role long term. Because I don't think Fantastic Four is going to be one and done movie. No, we're going to see these characters to, um, throughout the MCU, especially with those famous storylines that haven't been put to screen yet, like Annihilation and stuff involving Negative Zone with Nihilus, you know, Galactus, Silver Surfer, all his heralds, you know, the real cosmic landscape of it all, mm-hmm. you know. So they really want these actors to be long-term. And Dakota Johnson, oh yeah, she's a good choice. And everyone around her, hopefully they do the same. Make Young, not like Fantastic Young, but, you know, respectable. I yes. guess I don't know they how have to, to have gravitas. That. No, you are right, one hundred percent. They have to have gravitas. They have to be able to hold their own, hold their own scenes. This is a family. Again, I feel yeah. like this is Marvel's in a, in a weird way, almost like Superman. Like if you could nail the Fantastic mm. Four, everything else will fall into place. You need to nail True. them, though. Then you can nail Spider-Man around. It's literally what Marvel did, right? They created the Fantastic yeah. Four first, and then they started sprinkling people around them, you know? Um, and you know, yeah. even the scrolls in the Fantastic Four, you know, that showed up in the Fantastic Four. Right, first. yeah. Um, right, and that's so, crazy that we got the scrolls in Captain Marvel before the actual property that introduced them to us, which right. gives me that hope of expanding that We're getting to Secret Invasion before we get to them. <laughs> you know but like that, it's, a it's a lot it's a lot so whatever work they got to do to make sure they get a good uh sue storm i'm 100 percent down now for i'm definitely in switching over to the sony side of it we got some denim 3 news uh venom tom venom. hardy recently posted on his instagram in the early morning of february 22nd you know 2023 of a deleted scene or you know test footage from the first venom movie with a caption of the video reading I was working on V3 prep prep at Lepping at Sony Pictures at Sony and at Venom Movie. And the throwback came up on a on the ground room, you know, the cutting room floor. Bye, Tom. Thanks, Tom. You know, all the hashtags on the photo. But you know, with that being said, it's safe to say that Venom 3 is now in pre-production, y'all. We are okay. Venom. <laughs> yeah, I know they so, were yeah. t- they were talking about Null. <laughs> I want to see if they own him. Where does that where does that fit? It's so weird because uh jason aaron not jason aaron um donny cates uh, yeah he did a good job i guess talking to jason aaron you know and connecting the the necro sword and you know all that kind of stuff and kind of making it so that Noel's always been here kind of sprinkled through time uh very similar to the fantastic four is what they're gonna have to do right like you're gonna have to act as if these yeah, people have been around um so i remember him being quoted on saying that they he at the very least wants the big symbiote dragon, <laughs> which I could totally oh, yeah. see him getting. He, um, he's definitely been quoted several times saying that he wants to cross over. He wants to play with Tom Allen, like play opposite Tom Allen, team up with it. He, he wants the big picture thing, especially with that little bit that was left of him in the MCU when he was getting teleported, doing that No Way Home shenanigans. The MCU does have the way in to introduce Noel, but on a bigger scale i think like truly if they don't plan on doing nothing with them in the sony side i i i don't think i don't believe that they wouldn't do that you know it's, it's null it's null like we finally got this being this explanation for these group of the clintar these symbiotes introduce him but do it right <laughs> the mcu do you can do it <laughs> go this whole time without 
an act like can we get three freaking venom movies will we get three venom movies with no spider-man is there anything more tragic (laughs) (laughs) an entire trilogy yeah an entire trilogy of venom where he never meets spider-man that is insane and that's crazy after the world that we live in but i have hope because multiverse that's not the only venom like he technically Venomverse is a thing since you know he literally lived a piece of himself in the MCU and then went back to his universe and like then never right and then him saying like you know the venom the venoms the symbiote hives spreads across the multiverse you know we share knowledge and wisdom that's why he was looking at that Peter variant on TV and saying that's that guy because another venom knows of him from the comics you know so I'm like. Please, please give us Tom Holland and Venom three. You know, or just mm. a variant. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're gonna do like a, uh, what, what, what uh, No Way Home situation. Like, if it was me, he'd go back, and that'd be all he was talking about, right? He'd come back, and he'd be like, "Yo, uh, I wasn't here. Like, I left." And I wasn't here. You know how he is, right? <laughs> and I left, and I wasn't here. Right. And I was in another world, and then I came back, and I was here, but not there, which was the other world. You know, and maybe he keeps doing this, finds out. Oh, guess what? You're not the only person to randomly pop back up. Vultures in prison somewhere in 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 a, in a prison. <laughs> you know that from Tony, and then like I don't I don't know, bro. I'm literally stretching it, but I mean I, I can spitball. I mean, I can spitball it, man. Just, just from what from what Venom One was to Venom Two to how across the Spider Verse, No Way Home, you know, Spider Verse, all of it. I can kind of see how they can introduce No, but it's gonna be out there. Like Sony has to take a huge gamble. I'm talking like how they did with Amazing Spider Man Two and Spider Man Three gamble. Yeah, <laughs> like they're gonna they basically have to do what they did in both those movies and magnify it. And what the hell? And then we got the rumors that Spidey's supposed to be leading the Avengers in the Kang Dynasty. So it's like, yep. how much? And then the rumor of a major hero dying in Kang Dynasty. Yeah. Oh no, Tom. <laughs> Tom. Right. Right. So that yo, remember we talked about it. We talked hey, about that. The Spider-Man. Hey, just introduce fucking yeah, man. Give me my Miles MCU Miles. Right, and then we get Miles right there, and then boom, then there's, there's Spider-Man five and six. <laughs> that no, yeah, hundred percent. But no, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy if we get Spider-Man four, and then boom, we get him in Kang Dynasty. Guys in Kang Dynasty, then we get Miles in five and six. That would yeah. be dope, but man, that would be crazy. <laughs> that would be insane. But be yeah, I, like I just said, yeah, there's a whole rumor going on that a major hero is going to die in Kang Dynasty. Now there's a there's a whole short list going on around. Like I've seen at least. Like fifteen today alone, just but out the week. I've seen like all the YouTubers. <laughs> the, first, all the, the first person I, the first person I thought was Loki, and I'm like, wait, they've been killing him in every, every one of. He's on people. there. He is on <laughs> there. The the, the 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 most part, like the consensus I've seen is Loki, Deadpool, Steve Rogers, Kate Bishop. <laughs> really <laughs> interesting, right? Spider Man, Miss Marvel, and Shang Chi. Like it's just that's a solid short list. You I know, it, it was a very it was a very little post that got some traction that I saw going around the internet that had posited. Yeah, they, they, it it was 
going around and I thought it was cool. I don't know how much sense it makes, but I thought that it was an interesting idea to say that in the universe, the only thing that trumps time is chaos. And so if you want to redeem Wanda, that's where you do it. You do that shit right there. I like that. I like that. And that quote kind of resonates with me because still Sylvie said that in Loki, like when the universe wants to break free, free it manifests chaos. Oh wow. And then literally that the whole scene of, you know, he remains dropping the thing, Wanda taking Agatha's powers into the no way home scene. Like someone did the, it's out there. They lined all the scenes up. And that was like the like, you know, it all happened at the same time while the multiverse just broke. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I it, totally it, it's, it's the opposite of order, which was the same thing he who remains was trying to uphold throughout the MCU. <laughs> and so oh it would be super cool if that was the, you know, I mean, I could totally see a situation in which, again, Covenant Chaos is about resurrecting or doing a seance to try to <laughs> find Wanda. Ooh. Oh, you know? my God. Yo, they need to hurry to come out with those plot details about that because we're all oh, we Kit Catherine. Catherine Hahn, you know, mm -hmm. and Elizabeth Olsen, and I think an um, old girl from our friends. Uh, what was her name? She not not Jennifer Aniston, but the the brunette. She's also going to be in it. This cast Monica? is going to be fine. Uh, what's her face? Uh, um, yeah. uh, she she she's Cox. The, the Courtney Cox. <laughs> yes, Courtney Cox. Yes, like that cast is fire. I need to know the plot of this. I assume like the magic wore off when. When you know Wanda supposedly died or got teleported, who knows at the end of Multiverse of Madness? But it wore off, and she's trying to get her magic back. Or other witches realize, like, oh, Scarlet Witch is gone, so we can really, really can do whatever you want for real, you know? And again, again, man, <laughs> Shadow King, bro, do it! Oh my god! <laughs> oh balls. my god! And do, do it! Think they, do you think they'll do it? Do you think they'll do Shadow King? Oh! Hold on, I don't know. If, I don't know if this Hold means up. anything to anything, but the the two production companies listed under Agatha Covenant Chaos are Marvel Studios and Twentieth Television, aka Twentieth Century Fox, aka the, the Gifted. Yo. I don't. I don't know. If, again, I don't know if any of this. I'm gonna look up uh, Wandavision and see if they were on that as well. Because I could just be well, making the, the uh, I mean, hey, we could be no, no, <laughs> WandaVision is just right Marvel Studios, <laughs> okay? The 20th century, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we just figured I'm something just out. Saying. Uh, I mean, hey, there are you know, Wiccan, Wiccan, and Speed, there are technically mutants, you oh. know. Oh, this is so crazy, <laughs> yo, do shit. Oh my god, they can, you know what? Let me stop. We got other things to right? But hey, hey, another day. I got my soul shaker. I got it. Right here. Wow. <laughs> it's so interesting. But, you know, speaking of, speaking of the kids, there's another rumor flying out here. You know, the well, it's, it's Young Avengers related. There is a whole Young Avengers project in development. There isn't a defined date, but it is speculated to come out in 2024 this summer. But there's a rumor that the Young Avengers will also include Vision's child. Um, what was his name? Vivian? <laughs> you know, uh, if you guys... Yes, Viv, Viv Vision. Yep, like, if you guys didn't know, Vision had, like, two kids and a robotic dog in the comics. That's kind of what the... One of the themes of WandaVision was uh, based off of, you know, Vision. 
was living a normal life as a regular person if he wasn't a superhero. And but with a uh, you know white vision at the end of WandaVision, we don't know what's gonna happen with him. There's rumors he's gonna appear in Thunderbolts, but you know, with no Avengers, who's to say he doesn't enact the Avengers protocol? You know, start a new team cool. of Avengers and start recruiting active heroes, but you know, putting them on a team together. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you that. Know, with all this Kang nonsense, there, there's gonna be multiple teams forming and the rumors been out there that there's going to be multiple teams that we will see in Kang Dynasty from the Illuminati Young Avengers, Thunderbolts uh, the New Avengers uh, There was a rumor about Vision Quest as well, right? Yes, sir Also that too, I'm pretty sure that show is going to set up the West Coast Avengers and, you know, the Young Avengers while recruiting them at the same time, you know, getting Riri, you know, getting possibly Shuri um, if Harley Keener's character, you know, isn't Iron Lad, you know, <laughs> getting Kate Bishop, so getting the Marvel. If he get, if he oh gets the, uh, if he gets the, um, the uh, Cassie Lang treatment. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, Cassie Lang. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I hope he. Hey, that would be some. Hey, I. If they do recast him, I wouldn't be surprised because if he was a variant of Kang, how is he? Caucasian and uh, you know I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying I'm just saying Marvel I'm just saying so you know maybe he really is just you know just a really smart kid who really doesn't want to follow in the tracks of uh, Tony Stark just like uh, Peter Parker did hopefully he went to MIT hooked up with Riri you know they worked on Iron Man suits together Kane came back in time corrupted him since he was the closest thing to Tony gets the time travel tech, which his name was the Daniel Richards in the future to go back in time. You know, you know, Mr. Ball and Marvel, hire me, please. I'm just saying. <laughs> he's already got, like, he's figured the whole damn thing out. <laughs> so let's get this man a damn yeah. job. Um, yeah, I, please? there's been a lot of speculation about whether or not these, they're really going to go the Young Avengers route. It seems very weird with everything, um, that's set in stone or everything that they seem to be starting with. But I honestly believe that they are the only ones who know this kind of stuff. I like speculating about it, but I can't even put like real weight on any of my speculations. Cause who knows what they're thinking over there, bro. That's true. But it's like, it'd be hard pressed not to for them to so far with yeah. Marvel's track worker, in my personal opinion, they always at some point follow up with something they put out there. Like literally just the smallest things have become a whole movie. Just, and, you know, and it pays off later. I, I do believe if all that we've seen, all the Young Avengers been introduced in multiple properties. It would be weird for them not to have the Young Avengers or the West Coast Avengers or just some type of new team being formed. It will be weird. Like, everyone loves Kate Bishop. Everyone loves Yelena. So, boom, Young Avengers, Thunderbolts. You know? But it makes sense. It literally just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It would be weird if they didn't do it. It's a, it's a layup. And then you don't, you just don't take it, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> amen. Or like, you know, someone like LeBron throws you the perfect alley-oop and you just, you catch it, you don't dunk it, you just, eh, you just, you just tap it in or something. Like, bro, why do you just set that in and just make the whole, the whole arena just go live? Why didn't you do that? <laughs> yeah. But, but besides that, there's also some more rumors out here. Uh, oh, did you have anything else? No. <laughs> Okay, well, there's some more rumors out here. Uh, coming in October, uh, there's two new MCU Halloween Disney Plus special presentations being rumored coming out. Uh, for the most part, what I've seen, um, they are 
basically is going to be centered around Ghost Rider and Dracula. You know, just furthering, expanding the um, Marvel supernatural horror aspect of it all. You know, giving us this, you know, that slow, well, I don't say slow at this point, Robo by Night slack. If you didn't watch Robo yeah. by Night, some, some, you, you're missing out. You're missing out because it was literally like a huge like success. Critics loved it. Everyone loved it. Fans, mm-hmm. critics, your mama, grandma, <laughs> like everyone loved it. <laughs> Like the the score is incredible, like man thing, Elsa Blood, like Bloodstone, like so you know, I can totally see they're coming out with you know, more specials just to introduce those characters and introduce more characters for us to possibly grow on, get introduced later, and just further expanding the universe of their, you know, all the genres that Marvel is touching nowadays, you know. And it's just, besides, everyone's a horror. Like, who doesn't love a good horror project? And Marvel doing it, you know you're going to be in for a good ride. Which is why I, I need Shadow King. Ah, my Farouk. Man, no, we're getting, he we're was getting to the terrifying. point. We got the devil. You know, we, we, get, we have Dormammu. Oh, yeah. We have, we have, um, Fisto Fisto. Yeah, it's going to get real <laughs> scary real soon. So, yeah, man. We're going to so need some, some all before, right? All before. <laughs> Right, like just like getting Secret Invasion before, like the, 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 now we're getting Mephisto and Iron before actual Ghost Rider. Like, yeah, that, yeah. It, yeah. hey, like, but like I said, it's setting the groundwork for something later. 100%. So hopefully, hundred percent. So like, and you know what? There's also another rumor that the Howling Commandos. I think Marvel's trying to compete with um, DC and James Gunn's announcement of the Creature Commandos or that uh, you know that um, monster theme secret Black Ops squad during World War Two. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're also trying to do a Holly Commando special showcasing what was happening during World War II, you know, besides what Captain America was doing. There was a lot of crazy shit happening back then. You know, the Germans were out here, Nazis, Hydra, you know, but, you know, America, we were doing crazy shit, too, to try to win this war. Yes, so, you know, let's get the mummy, the werewolf, Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, <laughs> man thing, work. get him on a squad, fight Nazis. Right. <laughs> Drop it, give me two. I'll watch that. <laughs> 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 And arm falls off. <laughs> and like I said, and like you, you were saying, you like you were saying, they're really good at capturing a, a a moment or a a feel if they want to, and if they really want to go into that Universal Monster stuff, or even the Monster stuff where it's kind of jokey Universal Monster <laughs> stuff, uh, yes. they totally could. Back, then just do them, give it to us in a nice special, you know, future presentation. Totally doable for them, and it's definitely something that can happen, but also. There's been another rumor going around that I don't think a lot of people are prepared for. I'm personally not ready for, but Ultron may be returning in Phase 5. There's been rumors that like they're trying to repurpose, reuse Ultron, because the age of Ultron lasted like a weekend. For real, for real. <laughs> but we know from that, la- that little scene in Homecoming that the Ultron by head was still live. The lights were lit up. And out in the multiverse, because what if Ultron Prime is the thing? That means he has variants. So I do believe they're trying to form the Masters of Evil. In Truly, my opinion, you the don't, Masters you don't, of Evil. In my opinion, you don't, it's almost impossible to beat what they did with uh, Ultron in What If. I That's that's kind of the Ultron I wanted. Like, less talky, more absolute <laughs> oh, psychopath. Um, so, if he is coming back, I hope he comes back in that capacity but to be honest i would like if ultron was a 
I don't know. I don't know how they do this, but it like was a smaller threat for our newer heroes. You and know? you know what? That was I was literally thinking about that. He'd be more of a, like an advisor to the evil. Like he's literally just the man in the chair, plotting yeah. him on his return once you he can, fails, we're gonna, you know. We're gonna find <laughs> out that it's like some company called like Universal, you know, logistics. Oh, acronym for Ultron or something. Yeah, and it's gonna be <laughs> and it's gonna be Ultron. And he's gonna be the one running it. Uh, you know, somebody's face is gonna open up and it's gonna be it's gonna oh be my uh, God. you know, Ultron, you know. Oh, straight Terminator vibe. And that would be terrifying. Techno horror, like like that kind of horror is kind of terrifying. You know, that's scary. the Tony Stark out of his system and come back. <laughs> oh my God. That's it. Yo, that would be crazy if if they actually do that. Like the AI version of Tony and then it's actually Ultron in disguise, just hidden in the code. And then you do it again with, with, with they do it again with Steve coming back from time, helping them beat Kang, and then his ass is high. <laughs> we just do this all we do it all <laughs> bringing Maestro. Oh my god. We're gonna bring in oh Maestro god. Secret Wars. It's getting crazy. You get Rune King Thor. Just yes. oh my yes. god, bro! Secret Wars would be crazy if they do that because there's already rumors, and I don't think it's a rumor. I really truly believe this. Kevin Feige has reached out to every person who's ever donned a Marvel superhero costume in live action. That I believe. Well, he knows. He knows. Like, people been talking crap. People been talking crap the last two years about the MCU. <laughs> he's still he's eighteen steps ahead, but he can't even brag yet because we ain't there. You feel True. me? Um, there was a quote that went on uh about dealing with um Ant Man, right? Where somebody said something along the lines of like, "What it makes is what is what it makes." This is the movie we wanted to make. And I was like, "Damn!" All right. I mean, I feel that. I mean, at this point, I can. Well, I could. I can kind of say it for them, like money isn't an issue for them. It's more no. so like making sure the story makes sense on a grand scale, but also on a small scale. It has to serve both those purposes, you know? Because I remember they, before the shakeup, before all the real flack of Phase 4 started hitting the MCU and Kevin Feige and Bob Iger and all of them at the MCU heads or the, MC, the, you know, the heads of Disney MCU, they wanted to have like small scale stories while the big scale stories were going on, you know, like, you know, you have the Marvels, the Guardians, Thor stories, and then you have the small scale, small scale stories like Spider-Man, Daredevil, you know, like the Defenders. They wanted to have those kind of stories going congruent at the same time. Right. But we see with No Way Home, it was supposed to be a street story, you know, just Sinister Six, the multiverse of it all, you know, kind of expanding it. Right. You know, Daredevil, you know, we're going to get a white tiger, you know, get, add some more supernatural aspects into it. But, you know, with the shakeup, I they're just I still see that vision going, but now it's I don't want to say difficult, but they have a plan. Kevin Feige has the plan. Ant Man served the purpose, and it is not for money that they're doing this. It's to it's to serve a better purpose, and that is to choose to tell a good story. They're not doing this for money no more. Yeah. Like like Ant Man three was, you know, the stepping off point for phase five. Like this is this is the bar. Ant-Man 3 was the bar. And it can only go from two directions from here <laughs> to, to each, every show and project, each, every movie. The bar is here. Whatever comes out after this, which is Guardians in May, it can either raise the bar or lower it for the next thing, you know? <laughs> yes. Still tell that That's story. very important, I think. <laughs> yeah, very because Love and, Thunder kind of, Love and Thunder set the bar pretty low. Like, 
in terms of commercial movies. Because like after that, what was after Love and Thunder? You know, Wakanda Forever. Slap! Everyone was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. After that, we have Ant Man. So you know, we have two solid movies after that. After you know, the last like eh, meh kind of movie commercial, like not money wise, but storytelling wise, like just getting their reactions, how everyone felt about it. Like Love and Thunder was pretty mid. Like we expected more Gore the God Butcher, not all the Taika Waititi of it all. You know. <laughs> And that's what happens when you get someone who didn't write the material, which is Ragnarok. He didn't write Ragnarok. He directed Ragnarok. But he wrote and directed Love and Thunder. So you can see did, this is why I have connections with not the director. It's the writers. <laughs> yeah. Did you it. also see that the um, writer for Kang Dynasty says he can't wait to write for Namor? Which is uh, sparking speculation that Namor is going to be good by the time. Or at least... On the side of six one six. No, what do you mean by what do you mean by good? What does that's that mean? I, that's good? why I say on the side of six one six. It's one of those things. Like, like, when did see... you start caring about the galaxy? Well, I live in it. You know, it's one of those things. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Like, because... if Kang said he's gonna burn us out of time, that glues the ocean. So yeah, right, right, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't know about friend. good. I don't know about good, but he's gonna be on our side, which is exciting. Right. And you know what? That that plays perfectly into how Namor is in the comics. He's literally an uh, antagonist and an anti-hero, anti-villain, and an asshole. Like, he's played all sides. Just like Doom has, he's worked with heroes, he's worked against them. But it's just mm-hmm. to serve his endgame, which is to protect Atlantis. So if he has to work with his enemies or friends or whatever to do so, he's going to do it. You know? And I can totally... Ooh... He's working on the okay, hmm, okay. Now I have saw a rumor that Namor is also going to be in Kang Dynasty, you know, alongside you know Shang Chi, Miss Marvel, uh, Kate Bishop, you know, everyone, everyone, basically, everyone except uh, Steve Rogers <laughs> and Uncle Ben. <laughs> I don't trust no Steve Rogers that comes back, bro. I'm just putting that. Let me let me put that on. You know, it's on a uh, major issues record. <laughs> Right, I'm about uh, to say, what's today? Uh, Monday, uh, yes. February 27th. <laughs> I do not trust any version of Steve Rogers that comes back to help. Just don't. Just don't do it. Uh-uh. No. No. But I am putting more, but I am, you know, I am seasoning that that Shadow King uh, thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to keep that afloat. Rhodey's still a scroll. Yo. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're keeping score. Uh, and right, right, yo. For a while. Those things I've always been on tried and true. The, the, <laughs> not changing. Yo, we might see some more scrolls in Kang Dynasty, real talk. Like honestly, I can hold wholly believe that a scroll is gonna get like just yo, like that they're might not be the major secret, hero. They're that not gonna dies. do secret invasion without a super scroll, are they? The, you know what? That's like Philip with the Fantastic Four. He he's also a, a really major hero for them like a villain for them oh so it's like yo, that would be whoa. perfect if they were like yo we we caught some metas and we've been exper- we've had them locked down in on this planet we've been experimenting on them to create a the greatest version of, of us or whatever some scientists hey, that got hit with a ca- cosmic ray you know been trying to hey. milk them for some powers um that could yeah. happen we got creams in cold storage as i know that's how colson lived you know that's yeah. a heating project in ages of shield there's hey, man. plenty of aliens in cold storage on earth oh my god and i'm almost yeah, no, certain lockjaw is still on the moon <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <Chill playing laughs> <fetch. laughs> oh inhumans 
<laughs> the fat process. Oh my god! The Hey, another rumor out there still. That's they trying to remake the Inhumans with the Secret Wars. You know, basically restarting everything. The Inhumans get a proper introduction alongside the mutants, and possibly giving us probably one of the. I would say controversial, but dopest in my opinion, the Inhumans versus the X Men story. You know, Inhumanity, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Le- leading up to that, the whole schism event leading up to that. Like that was a we're gonna dope do Inhumans versus X Men, Terrigen Mist, Poison the Mutants, War of Kings, bro, <laughs> War of Kings. If they um, no. if oh, they, yes. yeah, War of Kings was great. If oh, they redo the X Men, or sorry, redo the sorry, the Inhumans. Um, that's going to be an episode all of it in itself, because I think one of the pettiest things Marvel's ever done in the history of, uh, Marvel comics while I've been alive (laughs) has been, (laughs) oh, we don't owe the X-Men. So we're just going to burn them out of time. And we're going to input our version of the X-Men, the, and not only that, we're going to in universe blow up a bomb to force more inhumans <laughs> to make sure that they're the dominant race and oh by the way that bomb also kills mutants so it's like wow yeah really yeah re- and then like like two years later they bought 20th century fox and were like oh uh sorry uh logan's back uh the x-men are back everybody's cool everybody's chill don't even worry about it matter of fact we'll start killing the inhumans now i think death of inhumans has been a thing that just came out Yup, 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 yup. Like they literally That's reversed petty. it. So petty, bro. So <laughs> petty. It's true. It's petty. It's true. But like, just like what they did with the Fantastic Four, like they were not in comics for like so long because petty. Fox had the rights. They literally stopped it's printing so them. It's a, it's Fantastic they Four. Yeah. They literally just it's stopped printing them. Same on posters. Bro. Same Ridiculous. on posters. I have two different versions of a Marvel poster. With the Fantastic Four and the X Men, and one without. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, in the, 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 you can tell the difference because one has like is the black and the the white Marvel logo, and then the other one is the red and white. Marvel <laughs> that's logo. how long it's been. It's the, <laughs> right, that's, that's how you know it's just the two different generations of that that time gap of when Marvel Ridiculous. just truly wasn't messing with the Fantastic Four and X Men properties. Like that was truly <laughs> a that was a weird time. It's still yes. weird to this day, like, you know, MCU exists without Marvel mutants and them, but we're getting them. We're getting yeah. them, and, you know, Deadpool 3 is going to be the linchpin for that. And, oh, yeah, I said that, yeah, the major heroes that's going to be killed off, like, Deadpool is going to be on there, Loki, Doctor Strange, Kate Bishop, Shang-Chi, Ms. Marvel, Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't know why Steve Rogers would be in there. I mean, that'd be great, a send-off for his character, you know, yeah. just kill him off. Like I mean, one could argue like, he had a pretty good send off in the first place, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get better than being able to literally pass the torch. That is true. That it. Oh my God! I just thought of something. Do you know mm-hmm. that end credit scene with Victor Time? The spoiler alert, y'all! If you haven't seen Ant Man: Quantumania, or even if I don't think it makes a lick of sense to people if they just heard what you just said, <laughs> right? Okay, so you know like that thing, end, that scene with Victor uh, Time. Uh, what? <laughs> What? <laughs> okay, so at the end of Loki, uh, or at the end of <laughs> Quantum Mania, there's a scene of a variant of Kane the Conqueror named Victor Timely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, seems he's been sent back to the 1910s, the 1920s, kind of, and from then he probably just lived. Now, if you guys remember, at the end of Endgame, 
Steve Rogers went back in time to return all the stones to the proper points in time. What if, because the Human Torch was seen at the Stark Expo in World War II, Victor Tommy did create that? What if, because of the multiverse now, what if Victor Timely or Kane the Conqueror actually does kill Steve Rogers? Preemptive, let's preemptive kills him because he knows of what he's going to be in the future. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, there was rumors that um, the creator couldn't talk about um, whether or not uh, Peggy and him were um, reprimanded for what they did with time. Right, and there was a whole scene in Loki of like a woman who suspiciously had a you know exact same kind of blue dress like Peggy wearing a collar on her that was getting escorted into the TVA. Yeah, and the rumor oh, was that God. wasn't a, that wasn't out of nowhere. Is the rumor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can't answer any questions various. about that. Yeah, he can't answer any questions about that until until more is revealed. So we'll be seeing what that is soon. Hopefully soon. And my last uh, bit of news for today is uh, we finally have like some congruent, uh, not congruent, but actually concrete release date news regarding X-Men 97. You know, we were talking about it. Um, it is set for fall. This fall. Okay. Yeah, alongside one of the two rumored, uh, uh, alongside of the t- one of the two rumored October special presentations, Halloween special presentations, you know, fall is looking pretty lit. From on Marvel's side, you know, they push back Iron Ironheart to give it more room to breathe. Same with uh, Covenant Chaos and Echo and what mm-hmm. if. Give the shows a little more time to stand on their own. Plus, it's X-Men 97. Give this show, and I'm calling it, it's going to have 24 episodes or at least 16. If they give us 12, shame on y'all, y'all wrong. Because every, <laughs> episode, every season had 24, give us 24, God damn it. So yeah. this show is going to run for a long while. Like uh, so, yes. Get and push those shows know, back. Give us. We know this. what what if is gonna fall out of the sky sometime soon. Oh yeah, next uh, uh in the winter, end of the winter, early winter of twenty twenty four, twenty twenty three. Like or yeah, like it's supposed to come out also later this year or early next year. If oh, I'm not mistaken, they, they push that too because I think um they orig- originally had it um for spring of this year. Let me see yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see. uh, yeah, they had it. Uh, f- actually, yeah, no, they pushed it back to August of 2024. Uh, what really? if season two? Yeah, so I guess next fall that is coming out, which is good. X Men comes out this fall, another animated show next fall. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it. And plus, you know, it's, like, it's what if, so it's not like you know, it's something you need to watch, something that they need to put out immediately so everyone gets what's happening. It's just a bunch yeah, of dope what-if stories. <laughs> initially, it was more so to, you know, uh, introduce the layman to the idea of the um, multiverse. Right. But, well, now, you know, that can definitely wait. Yeah. We, they know that here. now, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they know that now, <laughs> so we should be good. Yes, sir. So, you know what? That's all I got in all my news, rumors, leaks across the multiverse, omniverse, the microverse, and possibly the Quantum realm. <laughs> I'm gonna say <laughs> the news for later. Gra- <laughs> grab up your uh, soul shakers, ladies and gentlemen, or I guess put them away because that was a Rob the Marvel God with the news.
Iron Man is a superhero appearing in comic books published by Marvel Comics. The character was co-created by writer and editor Stan Lee, developed by scripter Larry Lieber, and designed by artist Don Heck and Jack Kirby. The character made his first appearance in Tales of Suspense, number 39, cover dated March of 1963, which makes this March his 60-year anniversary. He received wow. his own title. Yep, he received his own title in Iron Man number one in May of 1968. In 1963, the character founded the Avengers with Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp, and the Hulk. In 1963, Lee had been toying around with the idea of a businessman superhero. He wanted to create the quintessential capitalist, a character that would go against the spirit of the times and Marvel's readership. I think I gave myself a dare. It was the height <laughs> of the Cold War. <laughs> the reader. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. The, re the readers, the young readers, if there was one thing they hated, it was war. It was the military. So I got a hero who represented that to the hundredth degree. He was a weapons manufacturer. He was providing weapons for the army. He was rich and he was an industrialist. I thought it'd be fun to take that kind of character that nobody would like, none of our readers would like, and shove him down their throats and make them like him. And he became very popular. <laughs> So, dude, that was spot on. Oh my god. So, <laughs> like, so, good so, to do. so Stan Lee set out to make the new character a wealthy, glamorous ladies' man, but one with a secret that would plague him and torment him as well. The idea that he was moonlighting as a superhero. A Rob the Marvel God. What is your history with Iron Man? Man, okay, before I'm just gonna put this out there. I did not fuck to Iron Man before 2008. I did not. I, mean, I did not know. I did not care of this man in the red and this mustard ketchup suit who who the long mullet on his cartoon show. I wasn't messing with him. I was watching Hulk, X-Men, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. Ooh. Iron Man, clank, clank, clank. I watch X-Men. You know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> You know, but back in the day, like, I didn't mess with him, but now it's like, yo, Tony, Iron Man. Like, no, I, I love the character, obviously. Did you ever, <laughs> like, did you ever watch dope. that old 90s series? I did a little bit, but, yeah, like I said, it, I, it I, for like, you? I, I joined the fan bag. I joined the fan wagon after the fact later. I binged it, like, a couple years ago, just like, okay, sorry I missed this as a kid, because I didn't yeah. care about it. I wanted to like I wanted to bring really it make it popular to me. <laughs> I, um Jarvis, who we had on the last episode, I believe, um, is a humongous uh, fan yeah. of the series. But I bro, I didn't even know about it. Like, talk about like not watching. Not watching it is one thing. I didn't even know it existed. Then I went and I uh he told me about it and I bought it. I actually have it on DVD. That the the series I have on DVD. Um, but Man, now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably some some prime content to to to, to take on. If I've never seen it, you've he never seen it. He has some moments. Yeah, he has it, some moments. It, the mullet is there. It's it, you know an occasion. Uh, it's it, but it's pretty cool. Um, so I wanted to put that out there because you know some people may not even have known that there was an animated series starring Iron Man. I believe it came out in 1993. Uh, Ooh, no, 1994. Iron Man started an animated series, Iron Man, voiced by Robert Hayes. Uh, he was on a team consisting of Century, War Machine, and Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, and Spider Woman. 
Oh my um, god, that is the Mighty Avengers lineup, I think. <laughs> Um, the show was part Holy of the uh, Marvel Action Hour, which was uh, which packaged things together, like his show and the 1994, um, a Fantastic Four show. Um, okay, because like I remember during the Spider Man Spider Man animated series, you know they had that crossover Secret Wars event, but they had all the yeah. characters from all these shows in it. That was like the first time I truly saw Iron Man was in a Spider Man cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like a Spider-Man cartoon. Every character in Marvel was in that show. <laughs> I Galactus. <laughs> no, totally. I, and that's what. Yeah, it's a whole thing. The thing with. <laughs> <laughs> so in that show, though, instead of Shrapnel being near his part heart, he had several slivers near his spine. So he needed the uh, arc reactor to pull those away. And then um, the Mandarin, because of the ring, because of the rings supposedly altering his skin, he became green on that show. Very strange. Um, still, <laughs> still very racist. Um, but yeah, and like you said, he showed up in the animated series during the Secret Wars chapter of that. Um, he actually showed up in the animated Hulk series in 1996. Um, he was in Avengers United They Stand, which was a very short-lived um, Avengers series. There, um, were you a fan of the young, the younger Tony Stark sort of show that they came out with, Kid Kid Tony Stark? Oh, um, the the armored uh, Avengers. He's I liked it because I'm like, yo, Tony Stark as a as a teenager, like, it, it was dope. And the animation was, like, kind of like that Spider-Man uh, MTV animated series, but in, like, yes. a, at the time, a newer style. I appreciated it. I liked it. It was dope. All these villain, classic villains and, like, new tech outweighs, you know, Pepper and Rhodey were young. Their best friend, they basically got their own armors in it. Time Twist, Hulkbuster, like, Hulk, like, every, oh, my God. The show was dope. It was cool. Yeah. I highly recommend to watch it. If you guys are fan of just Tony Stark or Iron Man or just Disney, go watch it. Highly recommend it. I, I saw a little bit about, uh, about it and it looked hip. Like it looked cool. It looked hip. Um, so yeah, I think Iron Man Armored Adventures. Yeah. The theme song, Fire. Yeah, it is kind of fire. <laughs> he's even in Spidey and his amazing friends. Uh, he's voiced by John Stamos in that. Which I thought was pretty, thought was hey, pretty funny. That'd be dope to see John Stamos in an Iron Man suit. <laughs> yes, it would. Um, prior to uh, his live action, you know, debut with uh, Robert Downey Jr., the only thing I knew him for was Repulsor Blast. Repul- Unibeam! Repulsor Blast. Oh my God. That's all, Marvel that's all, versus Capcom. <laughs> You're right. That just. Unibeam! Repulsor Blast! <laughs> that was it. That's all I did. Come on, Cannon! Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my God, bro! Yo, if they put that on Game Pass. Hey, give me an invite. Shoot me an invite. This is another. This is another. Two, what you call three. it? Um, tangent or whatever. But like, there's never gonna be anything that beats Part Two. Now that we've had two sequels, Facts. Part Two I mean, is just never gonna. The new just, one was fire. But with they had no X Men. They have a single X Men. That was Phoenix. And, uh, yeah, uh, they had Sentinel. They had Jean Grey Phoenix, and they had uh, they had Wolverine. Uh, shit, Deadpool. He's X Men. That counts. <laughs> Wait, am I thinking of the uh, right game? 
Is five the one? Is five the most recent one? Uh, I think so. Yeah, uh, United or whatever. You know, with Captain Marvel in it, the one with Ultron and and the other Sigma, whatever the heck. Yeah, and then from Ultron Sigma. Yeah, that's the newest one. Yeah. Oh, but as the okay, Infinite. Because like Shuma Gorav came back in that one. (laughs) Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Yeah. Yeah, Infinite Man. That game, bro. They took him out. Wait, what? I'm telling you, the very last game has no X-Men in it. I remember because I was like, what? Uh, what? Venom, Ghost Rider, Dormammu, Thanos, Ultron, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Winter Soldier, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Hawkeye, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, and Iron Man. What? A- Wait. What about? Yeah, bro. Wait, what about Juggernaut? No Berserker Barrage, bro. And so I was like, I'm not oh, getting Juggernaut's it. not a mutant. Wait, what about wait, what about Cable? And Gambit, wait. No, no. No, no Storm, no Magneto, no Rogue. Ah. With the kiss on the cheek. Ah. I used well, to, I yeah, go- man. Yeah, bro. Uh, that, that's the reason why that's the reason why I ended up jumping off this. But before we get into uh. what I feel like is the 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 you know main course of what i know the most about which is mcu iron man tell me a little bit about what you know about tony stark in the comics he's a bit Uh, of a blind spot for me well how you want to do this yo i have like literally like a list of like his top 10 moments in no specific order but each moment literally is crazier than the last okay you have 10 (laughs) oh yeah i'm 10 this is this is i got a game i bet ready all right (laughs) You're going to say one, and then I'm going to give you a random Tony Stark quote from the MCU, and you've got to tell me what film it's from. Oh, what do you think? Let's do it. So not only do these that. people get you know some comic knowledge, but they also get a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, some quizzes, a, a pop quiz, if you will. Uh, so let's <laughs> yeah, let's get into all things Iron Man, bro. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. I in no specific order, y'all. I'm just starting off easy. At number one, the creation of his first Iron Man suit. I should have put the year in there. Can you give us the year? Like, when did that first appear, man? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. It, for it, all uh, wrong. it was uh, 63, bro. <laughs> 1963. Uh, 16 years ago, March of 1963. Oh my god. Years ago, um, hitting that, hitting that thing with the hammer, bro. Tales of suspense plane. number 39. Claim, 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 man, yo. 1960. So, yeah, I'm glad we're here. But, yo, just like in the MCU, just in comics and multiverse, this era has been rewritten numerous times, but it always ends in the same result. Tony Stark builds his pseudo armor in a cave with a box of straps. <laughs> with a box of straps. <laughs> and then yeah. allows him room to escape <laughs> for his heart to keep beating after it was embedded. With shrapnel during an attack, you know it's been retold so many times over the years since Vietnam. You know, since the character was introduced in the sixties, up until now, until you know the Iraq War. You know, he's attacked and doing a weapons demonstration in the Middle East. So you know, like I said, it's been retold so many times, but same result, Iron Man. And you know, after that, um, oh wow, I lost track of time. Like, wow, lost my train of thought. Realizing oh. you had a good thing going, 
Stark decided to use Iron Man as his full bodyguard. But as you guys know, in the MCU, we all know that's quite different. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up. For those who don't know, when he first debuted in comics, Tony Stark would say that his bodyguard was the Iron Man suit so he could separate, you know, uh, one and the same. This is back in the day where secret identities were very popular, but they were also very necessary because your enemies would come after you. Um, so I, I, the MCU kind of popularized him being out in the open, like from the jump. So I think um, I that's they put that out there. Yeah, yeah. Which was, you know, which was bold, but with the actor that they had, I mean, come on. That guy couldn't keep quiet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he had lived that, like, that was all just, you know, he just, I am Iron Man. It's just, oh, there it is. Wrong secret identities. <laughs> are, are you ready for your quote? Yes, yes, yes. Lay it on me. It's an imperfect world, but it's the only one we got. I guarantee you the day weapons are no longer needed to keep the peace, I'll start making bricks and beams for baby hospitals. Ooh, let's see. Was that Iron Man? Was that the first Iron Man? It was. Oh, okay, Which makes sense because he, he was still defending building uh, <laughs> weapons at the time. Yeah. Um, and it shows you I'm how slick he was. <laughs> Are you good? I know you got this. Some things might throw you, but you got this. Um, yeah, uh, he starts off as a relative jerk, right? Um, and is giving that reporter all the quick lines, all the quick answers, all the answers that he knows. Um, so I, I think it's pretty interesting that like how cold and callous he could be about it. It's like, oh, there's weapons, you know, like people are going to shoot. So like, does it doesn't really matter that I'm making the weapons. And it's like, yeah, you'll, you'll change your mind very soon, Mr. Stark. But yes, you were right. It was Iron Man one. Yes. Yeah, it was my Marvel, my, 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 my Marvel ID card. I felt the peeling on my shoulder for a sec. My sweat just, whew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, I have my second one. Like I said, in no specific order. But meeting Rhodey and creating the War Machine armor. <laughs> Created by Dave Michelin. Are you saying that? Michelin? Sounds, yeah. Michelin. Initially a supporting character in Volume 1 of Iron Man, James Rhodes was, and still to this day, is Tony Stark's best friend. Rhodes later assumed the mantle of Iron Man after Tony Stark's relapse into alcoholism. You know, we saw a little bit of that in Iron Man 2, an issue. 170 in May 1983. Later, mm-hmm. he would later he would don his iconic War Machine armor or the Iron Man model or the Iron Man armor model Mark 11, okay. <laughs> which first appeared in Iron Man issue 281 in June of 1922. Ooh, shout out to my year, which then became his signature exosuit created by Len Kaminsky and Kevin Hopgood. <laughs> okay. Yeah, War Machine is a, is, a, is, a, is a big is a big uh, character to his mythos. Yeah. Yes, we saw it. We, we saw it throughout Iron Man too. We saw a little bit in Civil War. Actually, a lot of it in Civil War and Infinity War. So you know that that armor puts in work, heavy duty, yes, heavy does. artillery, heavy guns, heavy boom, bang, bing, shame. I don't know when boom. You looking for this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that Brody was there. I loved when he was Iron Man. There's like a funny oh. panel of him answering the phone. Like they, he picks up the phone. And they're like, he's like, hello, oh, yeah. like, is this Iron Man? And he goes, give me one second. And he puts on the helmet. And he's like, yeah, it's Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> because comics, yes, I, I, love I love that. It. 
Um, yeah, he actually he dogged the water, uh, water off for quite some time. Even like he did it like on and off. Even not just who's uh, not just throughout Tony's alcoholism, but when Tony lost the company, when Tony wasn't been able to do uh, be able wasn't able to be Iron Man anymore. Like don't don't ah, Rhodes donned the armor several times until he just basically made it his own persona, like his own thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got another quote for you. My armor was never a distraction or a hobby. It was a cocoon. And now I'm a changed man. You can take away my house, all my tricks and toys, but one thing you can't take away. I am Iron Man. Ooh, that's Iron Man three. Specifically the ending of it. Can't cut the black. (laughs) Yes, it was. It was Iron Man three. Uh, good guess there. And that's crazy. That's actually about to head into my next one because, of, like, if you guys don't remember about Iron Man three, one of the biggest plot lines, or the biggest one of that movie was the extremist uh, uh, storyline that it was based off of, which is my number three, the extremist armor. Boom, boom, boom! <laughs> I did read that story. Uh, that's a good story. Man, man, one of Princess quintessential, honestly, in my personal opinion, quintessential yeah. like Iron Man story that you should want, like, really like read to really delve into, like how tony moves as iron man you know he's not just reactionary he thinks he plans before he moves even though it's pretty sporadic but you know the extremist armor also known as the iron man armor model 29 his extremist armor this extremist armor pushed the limits of all his armor's capabilities in an attempt to stop the extremist power terrorist malin you know tony stark was fatally injured by the criminal but seeing no other option, Tony convinced extreme, his extremist, the extremist co-developer, uh, Maya Henson, who was also in the movie and before yes, she was fairly dispatched. Yes, uh, yeah, she was, she was uh, <laughs> the woman, you know, with the bear and in, in the house with uh, Pepper. Uh, yeah, he injected him. Yeah, it's over, right. Injected, mm-hmm. She injected him with a dose of extremists to heal his injuries. Additionally, Stark had been working on an experimental Iron Man armor that was tougher and lighter than his cur- than his current at then current armor. I think I said that wrong. His then current mm-hmm. armor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> However, he couldn't miniaturize this unit. The con- the con- ah, the, sis- the suit's control systems and other vital elements. So, in order to overcome this obstacle, the extremist dose was modified so that he so that the crucial undersheath of the Iron Man suit was super compressed and stored in the hollows of Tony's bones. Yeah. Bruh. The, the, the undersheath became fast. The undersheath became directly wired to Tony's brain, which allowed him to control the new Iron Man armor with just his thoughts and even being able to interface with other technologies. Stark was able to basically enjoy the benefits. Actually having superpowers up in for most of the 2000s up until the scroll invasion. By then, when that happened, the alien virus attacked Tony's nervous system, causing him to shut down and basically undo the extremists on himself. So, right. And this, but now he has like nanotech and all kinds of stuff. He has bleeding edge now. Right. Is actually what it is, right? Oh yeah, basically like his modular model prime endo cell, like bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the time, yeah. this extremist suit was like the bee's knees. Having like this was the top tier. and just having it in thought control. This was top tier. It was like what, 2005, 2007 when it's on a premiere. Yeah. Uh, I should have, once again, should have put the first appearance in it. Oh, no, sorry, you're you're good. It is, it's 2008. It, it is 2005. Um, 
uh, what I loved about oh. that extremist comic was the artwork by A.D. Gravnoff, uh, Granoff. Um, oh, I really yes. liked the art in that comic. It was it was almost photorealistic. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's a great way. That's a great word for it. Like it literally looked like it was hand brushed, almost like almost realistic. Like I did probably one of my favorite versions of how Iron Man looked. Like the bleeding, like not bleeding. Like, we're gonna get there later, y'all. But the extremist armor was pretty dope. I love the design. I and I, like how Tony persevered through that whole ordeal. Like he got messed up, y'all. If y'all read that story, it was pretty violent. Like Tony yeah. caught it. He almost died. Like he yeah. effectively almost did. So, but for him to come back and then use the strength of his enemy, strengthen himself. That's Tony all day, every day. <laughs> I'm gonna use the thing that you messed me up with to make myself stronger with it. Yep, Tony. <laughs> you know, you know that guy's always about um, improvement. Always, oh, he learns from his mistakes, and I love it. I love it. Literally, we see it all throughout the MCU. He learns, and he keeps adding because he's a futurist, my guy. He's a futurist, people. My oh, here's your next quote. My bond is with the people, and I will serve this great nation as, I'm sorry, I will serve, wait, what did I just do? My bond is with the people, and I will serve this great nation at the pleasure of myself. There's one thing I've proven, is that you can always count on me to pleasure myself. <laughs> uh, let's see, was you can you, you, you can get one hint per quote if you need it. <laughs> What other character was in, or who was around him when he said, yeah, who was in the room when he said that? Rhodey. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Civil War. Wrong. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Would you, like, would you like another try? Okay, wait. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I got it. Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two. See, you know. Okay, now wait. Was it when he was in the court? Was he in this court? Is, yeah, yeah. This is the uh, when he's talking about. Ah, oh, so it was the first one. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, okay, I'm not second guessing myself no more. I ain't doing That's it. That's it. Let's go, bro. But yo, dope scene. That 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 was a dope scene. That literally set the stage for like how Tony is going for. He don't pay no mind. He don't give no damn about the powers that be. Like y'all are some dudes in a suit. I'm a dude in, with a suit in a suit. <laughs> mm. We can't compare. <laughs> All right, but uh, we're gonna jump. This is gonna be kind of an extreme jump. But like I said, that started. Yeah, you're in for this ride. Number four. Creating the God Killer armor and defeating the Dark Celestials. Golly. First, first appearing in Avengers Volume 8, number 5 by writer Jason Aaron. Man. That was this, one of the most recent runs, yeah. This armor, y'all, was insane. This is when Tony Stark separated from what, like, the end, what they were going to do with him in the MCU. Comic Tony just went a whole other direction. Like, just mm -hmm. in general. They separated the two. MCU, Tony, was based off of Iron Man all the way up until, like, 2012. After that, because <laughs> this, right. this God Killer armor was insane. Entirely designed 
to fight celestials. Strong enough to lift one. Power by eight. Not five, not six, not seven, eight. Nuclear reactor. Star Tech, of course. And literally, it fought. I want to say like the... I forget the celestial host, but it was able to fight off the dark celestials up until it was just completely overtaken by them. And y'all, this armor was massive. He he had to hide it on Mars. People, Mars. Because he knew that he, if he unleashed this thing, he knew that it would be kind of end of days. And imagine, y'all, this is not the first one. This is the Mark II. He got this one from piloting the Celestial, which gave him the idea of building his own Godbuster, you know, Celestial yeah. God Killer armor. <laughs> always, always stepping up the game, huh? Always, all day, every day, man. And only Tony would think of doing something like that. Like, and thank God he didn't make it all like vibranium or adamantium or some shiz. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh my God. <laughs> um, okay, here is your next quote. I, sh me. I shouldn't be alive unless it was for a reason. I'm not crazy, Pepper. I just finally know what I have to do, and I know in my heart that it's right. Ah, Iron Man 3. I like that scene. That was a good scene. The whole PTSD shed a whole light on, you know, anyone can experience anxiety, panic attacks, just PTSD just from going through any type of traumatic or stressful situation. And I like that they showcase that in that, that nice small scene. He just woke up out of a nightmare, just the, the armor and just had a heart to heart with Pepper. Yes. It is an incredibly touching scene. The scene is in Iron Man 1. <laughs> Wait, what? No! Boys! <laughs> the scene is in Iron Man 1 where... Oh! Where yeah, I just confused him. But he came home. He was just... Yeah. Built. There it is. That's why he, he talks has about, so many heart-to-heart -heart uh, moments with her. That's why he's talking about uh, he shouldn't be alive. Because he, right. he just got uh, blown up. There it is. There, because he referenced it in Iron Man three. Yes. Back to Iron Man. Thank yep, you. Yep. Oh my God! There's literally so many of those. He has had a lot of quotable moments. Man. Yep. <laughs> but next up, number five from the comics, we have the Extreme Biote, Extreme Biote armor from the King of oh Black first appearing. Yeah, first oh, appearing yes, in yes, King yes, Black yes, number yes. three. I, I'm one of my favorite writers. My favorite writers, Donny Cates. Your favorite writer? One of your favorite I like writers? him. I like him. Some people don't love him. Man, but I, I like love him. him. I love him. His writing is just off the wall. It's crazy. It's just holy crap. How is this gonna yeah. end? But yes, also known as the Model Seventy, we have the Extreme Biote Animal Armor. Extreme you know, if you guys remember, yes, it's the name right there. You know, Extremis and Endo Symbiote Armor. Extreme mm -hmm. Biote. Extreme <laughs> A wee boy, a wee boy, a wee boy, a wee boy. That's it. Appearing <laughs> King of Black number three, he used this armor to basically hijack a symbiote Grendel dragon, and using that and rewriting the dragon's DNA to then infect and then control a celestial covered in in a symbiote that the King of Black, you know, took control over. Possibly, OP, arguably. OP. Yes, top five, one of Tony Stark's Iron Man most OP moments. The man took control of a Grendel dragon who Thor had trouble fighting, took control of it, rewrote his DNA, attached himself to a Celestial, and then fought 
other celestials with that armor. Yeah. If, if you guys don't know from the last one, our, our boy loves Gundam. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. He whole ass grew up reading manga alone with Jarvis. Like I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Hopefully, we see a lot of action. Hey, hey, possible. Let's see what these symbiotes do. We have to bring them back, though. Um, so right. here's here's a softball. Here's a softball. Are you seriously telling me okay. that your plan to save the universe is based on Back to the Future? <laughs> uh, so I yeah, I like that one. <laughs> what Endgame. film is that from? There you go, Endgame. <laughs> I think we got I like that scene. I actually now. remember that one. Yeah. Uh, I, feel, I feel a little less sweaty now. <laughs> hey, 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 let's go. <laughs> All right, in number six, we have, you know, we're going to us it down a little bit, but still pretty crazy. We have uh, number six, him creating his Uru armor. For first oh, appearing, yes. Invincible Iron Man Volume 1, issue 509 by writer Matt Fraction. Oh, I love from Matt the Fraction. itself. Event brought that the fear itself event brought the Asgardian god of fear to earth. If you guys don't know, that is uh Odin's brother, Cole Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he has a brother, or he has technically like three, but he's the evil one. But um, <laughs> he came to earth, aimed to take over Midgar with his new generals. Enchanted hammers rained down to earth and corrupted heroes and villains alike. Iron Man and the Avengers knew they needed an extra boost. To take on the Asgardian power uh, worthy. If you guys don't know, he's in mystical enchanted hammers filled to earth and infected heroes and villains by calling out specific people and infected the juggernaut, uh, you know, the thing. thing. Yeah. Um, who else got infected? Who else got a hammer throughout this? Uh, Titania, Absorbing Man, you know, a lot of heavy hitters got these hammers and it was all just instill fear among the populace, making the god of fear stronger. Hopefully, bring it up at the end of days. But you know, right. it will stop. <laughs> um, so they created. Uh, oh my bad. So you know, they needed an extra boost to take down the worthy. All these crazy wielding, hammer wielding heroes and villains. You know, their friends. You know, so they had to mm-hmm. create weapons, enchanted weapons of their own. So Tony Stark, in a drunken, not even drunken, Ben, just mad as shit at Odin, demanded <laughs> this man. To let him into the forge so he can make armor. Tony recreated his Iron Man armor using the enchanted Uber Metal armor that is composed of Thor's hammer. You know, you know, we all know what Mjolnir sounds like. That room, that clunk, that this really distinct sound that Uru <laughs> has, you know. Yeah. Iron Man made suits of armor for all of the Avengers. He made one for himself. We got Marvel Rain. Uh, Hawkeye, Spider-Man, like Spider-Woman, like everyone got an Uru metal armor and Stark transformed himself into the most, at this time, at that time, most powerful version of, him, of himself, the Iron Destroyer. And then following the defeat of the Serpent, the God of Fear, Cole Borson, Stark returned to Uru to Odin and his armor returned to normal. So yeah, that, mid- that Midgard thing. Serpent is not a, is no joke. He is no joke. If you guys want some reference, you can take God of War, or God of War Ragnarok, or whatever. That, <laughs> that is that was uh, that's what his brother, but personified all that power, personified. Right. So uh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, and you'll see with this with these feats from the comics, you know that that Tony Stark will face what it looks like insurmountable odds, but using his brain and ingenuity, always ends up. I wouldn't say necessarily coming out on top, but. 
you know, like he makes showing it that he's that he's worth it. <laughs> Facts and that he did bro, his ingenuity, his sheer just willpower to not give in. Like I'm pretty sure his tagline is there's an armor for it. You know? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can make an armor for it. I'm going to space, armor, going to deep water, armor, going to a negative zone, armor, I'm fighting Thor, armor. <laughs> like so I appreciate his ingenuity, man. Oh, yeah. Man. And I think I think one of the most interesting parts of the character is this idea that he does believe that he has the capability in his mind to solve any problem. It's a lot of what the MCU um, one struggles with. This idea of, like, I can't keep everybody safe all the time. Can, can I? And if, if I can, is it up to me? And and all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's a lot. So I'm going to go with a classic. Uh, Tony Stark line: If we can't protect the Earth, you you can be damn sure we will avenge it. Damn sure we can avenge it. That is from Avengers. It is. He was talking to Loki. Yes, it was. Great scene. Great scene. Was like a it's also it, yeah. It's also super <laughs> funny because if you remember. Um, he was like one of the ones that they kept kind of making a point to say they didn't want him on the team. Uh, uh, Widow and and Fury, and all of a sudden he's right, naming yeah, he them, was, uh... he's describing them. He's you know <laughs> he's like the spokesperson, but you know the one talking to uh, Loki. It's really really interesting, right? Which is crazy because that I the way they set that up that would make sense that Tony would be the most relatable person for Loki to talk to. If that, if that makes sense, like he Tony had on Avengers, he's the most down to earth, which yeah, because he wants to protect her because he knows what what's at stake, how fragile it is, you know. So it, it makes sense to, for two, for lack of better words, narcissists to share a room together because they have so much gravitas. That scene was beautiful. The line, perfect, and probably one of Tony's most serious moments up until that point. Like we didn't take Tony seriously until that moment. He's like, "You damn sure we're gonna avenge it." Like, yeah. he meant that shit. He will avenge. <laughs> he avenged. <laughs> yes, definitely. And then the moment right after when Loki just threw him out the window and then he summoned the armor. Badass moment. Badass moment. Badass. And another badass moment from the comics we have at number seven. The Phoenix Killer Armor. I didn't do any research for this. I literally just <laughs> said because I thought about it. I'm like, it's the for all you guys who are listening. It don't take common sense like to think about it. For those who know who have comic knowledge, and for those of you who don't know, just think about what a phoenix is in all pop culture media. Whatever you've seen, in, oh, this is from you don't want to mess with a phoenix. Nearly die. Yes, sir. It is. That's why like, okay. I don't even have to write anything for it. When the phoenix started to come back looking for a new host in Hope Summers. The Avengers from the last time the Phoenix came through and left a big, big mess. So it's coming back through again. We don't want it to. Who knows? Here comes Scott Summers and Exxon saying, no, it'll be a rebirth for the the mutant nation. But, you know, rebirth comes destruction before death. And Steve Rogers and Tony, they didn't want that to happen. So, you know, here comes Tony making the Phoenix killer armor. Oh, my God. This armor, literally designed. To tap in, to like manipulate, distribute, control, yeah. harness, kill the Phoenix armor was ridiculous. This was the next step in Tony's evolution when it comes to armor. His yeah. armor, 
his capabilities were able to affect celestial beings. Now his armor can affect multiversal beings, people. This was a defined moment in this man's just history for me personally. In Avengers vs. X-Men, we definitely might see that live action probably 2027, 2028. I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> but if he makes that, if a variant of him comes through and makes that armor, we will see that. We will see the Phoenix Killer armor live action just because of this, cool. just the what, what else can stop the Phoenix if not the Phoenix Killer armor? <laughs> I know it sounds like a MacGuffin, but. Oh, no, no, no. You're, you're right 100%. And you know that they won't be able to stop just referencing the Phoenix once the X-Men touch down because they absolutely love oh, that yeah. story. Uh, speaking Man. of references, your next quote is, I don't want to hear another single pop culture reference out of you for the rest of the trip. Do you understand? <laughs> yes, Infinity War. Somebody is on a Yes, yo. That was Infinity War. I can honestly say I've seen over eighty times, and an the movie film. still hits. It, it hits. It hits. It hits every time. I never get yeah. tired of it. I still find new things. I still fall in love with it over and over again. Thanos being the main protagonist, he's literally the protagonist of the, his own movie. Yeah, that and it's and amazing. It's Tony Stark's worst worst fear. Worst fear come to life, and that he tried for so long to prevent, and then. Mm, but yes, great line, great movie, uh, great scene just in general. And, and, his, and the whole um, interaction between him, Doctor Strange, and Peter, beautiful. Didn't, didn't expect that. Actually. Just like Endgame and Infinity War, it, I never would have known those scenes were going to happen. You know, like in the comics, you see you see the, them high-fiving, you know, like the uh, cool beer bros, you know, yeah, with Tony yeah, and yeah. Doctor Strange. You know, but seeing it, yeah, it was really, really cool. Amazing. And they're, they're diametric opposites, right? Technology and magic. Yes, literally. And I wish they gave us that scene if Tony using the cape and um, Doctor Strange using his armor. Because yeah, that concept art was out there. It was Seeing so it, cool. I really it wanted it. So cool. I really yeah. wanted it. Like, oh my God. Oh, they should have gave it to us. Just at least it's animated or something. Hopefully in What If. Hopefully in What If we get that. <laughs> yeah. Alright, but uh, next up at number 8. Uh, yeah, Thor Burster Armor first appearing in Iron Man Volume 3, Issue 64 by, by writer Mark Grill. Formerly known as the Iron Man Model Mark 22, Thor created the Thor Buster Armor in case of a break glass emergency situation, just in case you know, the Thunder God Thor Odinson decided to go off the rails and just started power tripping. But essentially, that is what it's needed for. But... <laughs> Did it have? Did it have? Um, did did it have Oru or Uru? Uh yes. It's this suit was also made out of Uru metal. <laughs> okay, okay, makes sense. Uh, initially, yeah. Thor in the story had granted Stark, uh, Tony Stark, a special Asgardian crystal meant to uh, supply his armor and the world at large a clean source of uh, energy. But when mm. King Thor was empowered by the Odin Force. He started to throw all his weight around his authority. Basically, he was about to take over Earth. I and mean, there's a whole what if story about that. What if Asgard took over Earth? And this is basically what would have happened if that that would have happened. But you know, it forced Stark to turn the crystal into a power source for his armor, basically. I, so yeah. this thing intended for clean power, he used it to power his suit. So there we go. 
That, and, that uh, sounds like Tony. Yep, a little bit. This allowed him to absorb any and all magical energies thrown at him by Thor. Even it, it, the suit even kept, was at the suit was even the suit even allowed him to keep up with the amp power Thor with the Odin Force for literally, oh, like, wow. but just a little while, right? Right, and we always, for those of you who don't have comic knowledge, Odin power, Odin Force power Thor is nothing to scoff at. No. And also, the design was also based off his longtime foe, the Destroyer. Right. The design of the armor is based off the Destroyer. It literally looks like the Destroyer, but in the red and yet like the Iron Man color scheme. Right. It looks pretty fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> no, 100%. That suit was so OP. <laughs> and yeah, to, to be able as a man to make anything with a powers that resemble a god is that's why he's Tony Stark. And like, and literally, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, I there's two versions of that, like, where um when they battled Loki, used the destroyer armor, they defeated him, and it kept the armor, and he used the destroyer armor as the basis, yeah, for the Thorbuster armor, mm -hmm. which I think is actually how it went down. Yeah, that's because I'm like the other version was like sound like a what if. <laughs> yeah, even I mean, I, they get to a point where even Thor has the destroyer arm, like they're using, the, they're getting their money's worth out of that destroyer. <laughs> armor yeah right facts yeah <laughs> right when he was unworthy he had a whole olden like a whole olden power destroyer arm like man yeah dope 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 now let me on with a quote <laughs> all right uh you really have got a lid on it haven't you what's your secret metal jazz bongo drums huge bag of weed Ah, uh, that's another. Okay, so hold on. I'll you, really got you really got a little. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait. You? <laughs> What's your secret? It's Hulk. It's Hulk. It's Avengers. I got it. It is Avengers. Yes. Congratulations. Ah, it was in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> You're 100%. That right. was a great scene. Also, still, once again, one of my favorite movies. It. <laughs> I was I was I was in to win it once I saw Avengers in 2012. Was it 2015? No, it was, yeah, it was 2015. 12, no, 2012. 2012. Yeah, that's what I Like that that movie, I saw Avengers five times in theaters. That's how I knew I was in the MCU. I was a MCU fan for long haul. I was in it to win it. No dispute yeah. about it. Yeah, and I think now <laughs> that we've gotten many Avengers films, that you may have people may not get how much of a novelty it was at the time, but we've never seen anything like that before. You know, Iron Man is the first crossover movie character in the MCU by uh, cameo cameoing cameoing <laughs> in Incredible Hulk. So he literally That's is the connective tissue of all this, and um, it was it. It's cool to to see how all that had humble beginnings in just that first Avengers film. And hopefully we see some more humble beginnings in Kang Dynasty with these new Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Next yeah. up at number nine, we have the Celestial Hulk Buster armor. Boom, Bruh. boom. This armor, it's it's literally something straight out of a manga or an anime. Like it's crazy. <laughs> First appearing in Thor Volume 6 in issue 25 by writer Donnie Cates. By Donnie Goats. Look who's back. Look who's back. Donnie Cates. This Gundam of an armor would put a lot of mech anime to shame. Real talk. 
during mm-hmm. the Banner of War event, we where we saw both Hulk and Thor pitted against one another in gladiatorial combat on a space satellite rock known as the Black Hand of God, kind of like the head of nowhere. You know, just a random disemboweled, like just some, you know, yeah. random body that people just live on in space. Mm-hmm. Whatever multiverse is Western War. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tony was ho- hoping to help Thor in capturing Hulk from the events of uh, the Immortal Hulk. Uh, you know, he killed a lot of people. You know, you can't just get away with that. You know, you gotta answer your crimes. Hulk found himself in space being battered by Bruce Banner and his subconscious. Comics people, just follow me. And hoping to help Thor capture the Hulk, Iron Man created his the most created a powerful new version of his classic Hulkbuster armor. I bet you guys were wondering up to this point why Hulkbuster was on here with this. <laughs> exactly. Get it. Get access to the corpse of a celestial from the Avengers run. Uh, he repurposed the celestial's body to create that incredibly powerful celestial Hulkbuster incredible powerful celestial Hulkbuster armor. God, that's a mouthful to say. And yeah, it it was massive to say the least and designed to withstand the full brunt of Hulk's most powerful blows. And like this is like war, like Immortal Hulk is stronger than Warbreaker? Or at this point, Hulk was just unbridledly just powerful. Like, I think he's more durable fight. than I think he's more durable than Hulk, than Worldbreaker. But I'm not 100 percent sure if he's more powerful. Oh, yeah, no, way more durable. Like he in the story, you know, like in uh, just in general, why doesn't Thor do that? Does this to all his enemies? Just puts his hammer on somebody and they can't move. Battle over. Yeah. I won. You can't move. He put his hammer at the time. Odin was in the hammer at right now. Like, you know, like there was a storm inside Mjolnir. Now it's Odin's spear because Odin's dead because comics. Right now, Odin's in the hammer. He put it on Hulk's back. And then just out of sheer anger, he, Hulk just kept getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And yep. Banner in his mind kept turning up the dial, turning up the dial. And then he lets the hammer rip through him like on the ground. Guts and everything spill out of him. He just he just rips himself through the through the hammer, heals himself instantly. Durability yeah. crazy. That's yeah, why yeah, he okay. had to make this 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 celestial Hulkbuster armor. It was crazy. It was massive. Like I'm gonna later you gonna see these armors on the page later, y'all. Comment click. Y'all will see these later. These armors are insane. It's literally like a Gundam and a celestial had a baby, and then Iron Man said, "Oh yeah." Slap my color scheme on that. I bet yeah. not sell it. That's what definitely, it looked like. We should definitely <laughs> post some of these throughout the week um, in celebration of him. Oh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm definitely going to be on it. Even though he made that armor so he I could help his, his, his friends and stuff, um, oh, yeah. he wasn't always the most friendly. As a matter of fact, in one of the films, he said, I told you, I don't want to join your super secret boy band. Which film is that? Oh, was that the end of Iron Man or in the Avengers? Because I searched that twice. Which one are you gonna pick? Uh, Iron Man. Wrong. <laughs> which one? Which oh! the other? One? Which is the other one you're gonna pick? Ah, uh, I told you I didn't want to do your boy, but Iron Man Two. It is Iron Man Two. <laughs> Let's go. I thought about it. It was when when uh, he came out to him after his house was all like messed up, and like he, you know, he just sat him down with his father's stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> that movie had a lot of plot lines. If I'm not mistaken, like nine plot lines were all throughout the movie. Like uh, the uh the armor wars, a uh, demon in the bottle, the stuff with his dad, like you know, Chris Dynamo, Whiplash, like bro, it was so much shield as is our You built bad. a new element. That too, like oh my god, <laughs> like <laughs> It, that alone is we might have to do uh yeah, we could do it like spitball like a ten after I'm done with this last one. We can spitball his top ten MCU moments, real talk. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> we'll we'll do it like a rapid fire style uh kind of thing. Bet. Bet. Um Bet. so All yeah, right. let's get our final comic book feat of magnificence from Iron Man. Oh, and just so you guys know, the celestial Hulkbuster armor was completely destroyed in the conflict. Um when basically Thor got how Bruce Banner turned into the Hulk, like what happens if a human gets hit with radioactivity or turns into a Hulk? What happens if a god gets hit with gamma radiation? That's right. what happened. He exploded, and then the, the celestial armor protected Tony. He survived, but it was completely decimated. So oh, no boy. more celestial Hulkbuster armor. Yes. Yeah. Now for number ten, arguably, actually not even arguably, this is the most powerful version. Of Iron Man that I personally believe like is that can't be top, but at number ten, Iron Man the Power Cosmic Armor. Man, oh, wow. this armor crazy. Silver and red. If you if you if didn't if they didn't have a cover to it, you would have thought it was like Silver Surfer or something. But no, it is Iron Man in the current run of Iron Man in issue number fourteen by Christopher Cantwall. Kath and Kathu, uh Andrew Unzieta and mm-hmm. Frank Dar Damana and VCs Joe Car Carmen Car- Car- Oh my God, I think it's Carmine, right? Magna, Carmine Magna. Tony Stark's transformation into uh literally a literal god has started and I think ended in the recent run, <laughs> but, right? Well, <laughs> while attempting to stop the longtime Avengers called Korvac from boarding Galact- Galactus's warship Tatu. It's still in the power of cosmic for himself. Uh, I'm paraphrasing y'all. Uh, though Iron Man was temp- temporarily sidelined during his mission, during the mission, you know, with Alpha Flight, uh, Pug, and a bunch of other numbers there trying to stop Korvac. He was injured, so he had to be sidelined for a little bit. Living Tribunal teleported. This, the Living Tribunal, y'all. The Living <laughs> Tribunal itself, the overseer of the multiverse, teleported him across the galaxy to stop the villain before it was too late, but you know. And the story continues. It was too late. Corvac got a little bit of the power, but unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, Corvac man- managed to gain the power cosmic, leading Iron Man to have no choice but to tap into the power himself, bathing him in the energy <laughs> of the power cosmic. And then Tony Stark became the Iron God in people. Yep. This this was a level that I don't think Tony would ever attain unless he gets the, the Infinity Gauntlet again. Or the heart of the universe, or a cosmic cube. This the power cosmic. It, it, it's up there. It's up there. It's top ten. One of the most powerful things in Marvel comics. Comics in general, up there with the Speed Force, the Enigma Force, the the spectrum, the spectrum, the color spectrum, just all things. Yeah, power it's hands down. There. Yeah, it's hands down his biggest feat. Like he's like I said, power of a god. Literally, he gained omniscience, omnipotency when he came back to New York. In his full silver and red like color scheme, he made every person in New York as smart as him. Now you can imagine that could create a whole host of problems. Everyone in New York City, 
being as smart as Tony Stark. That can Dangerous. cause some problems. Yes, it can. <laughs> a little bit. But that's, that was the scale of power that he was at, people. He, couldn't, he knew everything in the universe that was happening all at once. He saw little Abigail picking flowers in the park. He saw, like, Cosmic Ghost Rider picking his butt around, like, Saturn's yeah. rings. He saw Celestials getting born and galaxies dying and ending. He saw this, <laughs> the Kree Skull invasion or the Kree Skull War still going on, even though they're at peace because of Empire. But he saw the yeah. he saw he everything. He can't even sleep because he sees everything. He is he is everywhere. Mm. It's huge. It, it was crazy. And it's that run is I believe is still going on alongside uh, the Avengers runs up until it ends. Yeah, that so was Iron arguably, Man number fourteen. Yeah, like and I think that it kind of ended in uh, yeah no the story ended in like three issues. Well, him that power cosmic stuff. Like I think after issue sixteen, he had to like give it up. I'm not sure, yeah. but in those those issues, those moments, Iron Man was truly the Iron Guy, strongest version of himself across the multiverse. I believe, honestly, and this is a Kang version of himself somewhere. I don't yeah. know if I can top Iron God. <laughs> that I mean, that's pretty freaking big. Um, for your final quote, I have: "Give me a break. I'm doing what has to be done to save us from something worse." Give me a break. Oh, Civil War talking to Steve. It is Civil War. So, like, she's just a kid. Give me a break. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that was a great scene. That was a great scene. Civil War was a great movie. It had to grow on me just because I had to get over the whole they put Spider Man and Black Panther in it because it wasn't going to be enough. But I'm like, right, what? right, right. Yeah. But yeah like, no, this this totally movie enough. was great. Like it was, it, it was great on its own without Black Panther and Spider Man. Just the Zemo, like him pitting the heroes against each other, like the, the, all the dark secrets all these motherfuckers had. Like, yeah. a, I can see a whole live action adaptation of Original Sin just happening just because of the unresolved events from Civil War. Like a lot of like stuff got put on the internet by Black Widow. You know, a lot of secrets are still out there. A lot of people's hidden agendas are just out there. Mm-hmm. And that needs to come to fruition. But, uh, yeah, cra- Iron Man, crazy. I have some honorable mentions, too, just just so you guys know. If you guys were, like, missing out, like, why didn't they say this? Why didn't they say that? Why didn't they say <laughs> this? That man's playing Galaga. Yeah, we didn't yeah. Notice. always. But we always, did. Always. Like, you know, great quote, but everyone knows that quote. But here's some honorable mentions, you guys. You know, him creating Iron Man suits for all the Avengers doing basically anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, him, him creating like him creating an Iron Spider suit, literally iconic for both Peter and him in the first Civil War event. Uh, his first Hulkbuster suit, iconic. We saw it in Age of Ultron. Literally, I I creamed myself when I saw it. I lost my mind. I'm like, yo, the Hulkbuster looks dope as hell. Live action, crazy. Uh, what else? What else? What else? There was another I mentioned. Oh yeah, the Silver Centurion. Classic armor, one of the first modular armors he had. You know, he's mobile. You don't have to just wear it all the time. He could take it off and do other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, the Thing Fang Boom Buster armor for you guys for another anime inspired armor. What happens with Fang Fang Boom? Fang Fang Boom comes knocking at your door. Oh, <laughs> you build basically a Pacific Rim style Stark tech suit Gundam to fight it. It's basically <laughs> That's all you gotta do. Yeah, basically, it was that whole armor was inspired by a specific room. The whole issue, Loki was Kaiju versus you know giant robot, um, and of course the Indus suit, the whole silver you know get up 
Everyone wanted Tom Cruise to play in live action, Multiverse of Madness, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) The the speculation that Multiverse of Madness had, everyone was wanted everyone to be in that. Oh my God. That's why it didn't do so well. Just everyone wanted so much for it. High expectations. Yeah, you couldn't fit you couldn't fit all that in one. But before you wrap up, because we've got somewhere to be, um, we have to yes, run through some MCU uh, moments. So I'm just gonna say some real quick, and uh, so I can fly now. Great moment, I can fly, <laughs> where he finally figures out how to work the repulsor jets for his suit in Iron Man One. Super super cool. Um, flying the nuke out of New York City is a humongous moment for not only Iron Man, but for the character of Tony Stark. Because once he sees what's out there in the world, as far as what's out there in space, and realizes that he currently has nothing that can combat it, it sets his PTSD in motion for the rest of the MCU. Um, which is like his paranoia over not being able to save the world, even though he considers himself one of the smartest people. It's amazing stuff. Uh, recruiting Spider-Man. I know people don't love Spider-Boy, Iron-Boy, or whatever they want to call it. Um, <laughs> Iron Man Jr., but um, it, there's very there are shittier ways to introduce Spider-Man, and I think they do a good job doing it uh, that way in that film. Um, but my last is the one-on-one versus Thanos. Uh, and you one could then also say his rematch after the fact. Um, this was the culmination of everything he feared. This was a culmination of everything he fought for. This was a culmination of uh, the entire Infinity Saga, which he was very much a part of. Um, and yeah, you get that that beautiful "I am Iron Man" moment, which can't stop that. Yeah, I guess me too. Um, I guess when he first discovered time travel, <laughs> the first time he went into space and he realized, like, yo, the bigger picture, the fight's up here. It's not down here between ourselves. Uh, when and him making all the end game suits dope, yeah. I I don't know why that it was just Star Tech and the Pym Tech, and then Guardian of the Galaxy Tech. He managed that, made the Infinity, the Nano Gauntlet. Like, oh, yeah, the Nano Gauntlet. He made a device able to harness or at least contain the power of all six infinities in his spare time. He was on lunch break, yeah, just because he could. (laughs) There, Facts. and I and I guess my other moments is just him just learning from his mistakes. Like uh, Iron Man, War Machine fell out of the sky. He put a parachute on Tony on Peter's, you know, iron suit. You know, just for a small example. Yeah, I all the pop culture references. Um, Robert Downey Jr. very much like Tony Stark. You know, n- didn't necessarily have the best um, life, or he wasn't necessarily the most clean-cut person. This role transforms the man. Um, not only does he become bigger than I think he possibly ever was, but he becomes a role model. And being able to see how his, how he just being in the room affects other people, I do believe that he's become a better man by being in this role. Which shows this happens to a lot of people, actually. You know, where it's like they want to. They play this role thinking it's just one of the many roles, but then when you're walking down the street and a, ch- a child sees them and sees them as their hero, it completely changes the game. Um, so Tony, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, for years, RDJ and Tony Stark have been one and the same. So it goes without saying that um, we will go on and give our flowers to RDJ for being able to play Tony Stark, bringing him to the forefront, making us fans of him and making millions more fans of him. Uh, one could argue no one has sold more 
Iron Man comics than Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> so, yeah, but first, it will uh, be made the character and his image. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to wrap up our conversation with uh, talking Iron Man at the moment. Next week, Last of Us, I think. I think. But, um, but, <laughs> but, we, but we shall see. You think? About, is, is it over? <laughs> I, I th- I, we'll be talking about the series. And um, there is actually a prequel comic that I would like to I would like for us to cover. Yep, uh, or maybe we'll see. Um, <laughs> you have to tune in next week to find out, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, that's the end of this episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast is available at comicbookclick.com, which is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click. It's where you can get our merchandise, where you can read articles written by us. And guess what? Moving forward, we are going to be writing more articles. We're going to populate that website with uh, content exclusively made by us. Um, I know I'm working on some stuff for The Mandalorian, which is going to be dropping on Wednesday. I can't wait. Uh, Star Wars is going to be the name of the game for a while, uh, which, come on, man. Like, I'm completely and totally down for that. So, right. <laughs> yeah, so follow us wherever we are. We're on Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram on Comic Book Click, or you can use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. I'm also, we're also at Major Issues CBC on uh, Twitter and also at Major Issues CBC on Twitch. We're doing some cool stuff over there, so go ahead and check us out. Um, if you want to support us, consider buying our merchandise over at our T Public store, which you can find on our website. Consider joining our Patreon, which you can also find on our website at patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. And for as little as $3 a day, $10, or $3 a month, 10 cents a day, less than the price of a cup of coffee. Uh, you can help us keep our lights on here um, as we try to afford the hardware and the software that we need in the future to produce better content. Um, things are going to start changing. Things are going to start growing over here for Comic Book Click. We hit 10,000 followers on Facebook. Uh, the people want us to grow, and we are growing. We are doing our best to make sure that we are on the right path here. So make sure that um, you guys are following us wherever we are. And don't forget to follow A-Rob wherever he is. Tell the people where they can find you. Yo, yo, yo. You guys can follow me at basically anywhere at A-Rob the Marvel Guy. Search is A-Y-Y Rob the <laughs> Marvel Guy. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Omega Under 26. You know, I mean, if Star Wars coming up, you might catch me playing some of that. You know, Lego Star Wars, some Battlefront, you know, you know, support your boy, you know, my 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 allegiance, our allegiance is to freedom. Yes. That's all. <laughs> That's all, people. So you know where to follow us. You know where to follow A Rob. Um, and hope hopefully you follow us into next week where we will be here again doing another great episode of the Major Issues Podcast. But my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. And I'm Aaron Robinson, a.k.a. A-Rob the Marvel God. And this has been our celebration of all things Iron Man. And remember, whether you're a genius, billionaire, playboy, or a philanthropist, an industrialist, a futurist, or just a retired arms dealer trying to chill with his daughter, remember, we are the Click, And always remember that you, yes, you, are worthy.